Well, I've already said it, but let me say it again. Today is the very first Sunday of a brand new year, the year 2020. Crazy, isn't it? Hard to believe. Hope we don't have Y220K. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Well, if you've been around the Grace Place for a while, you will know that at the end of every year, I, I take some time and I get alone with God and I try to hear his voice and I ask him for direction or vision for the coming year. And usually the Lord speaks to me, usually gives me a word for, for the year. Sometimes I hear him loud and clear and sometimes it's more of a process. Usually it's more of a strong impression. I believe that I have received 2020 vision. I believe I see this year ahead very, very clearly. So the word for the year 2020 is the word inspire. Say inspire. inspire. Oh, say it like you're inspired. Inspire. inspire. All right. That's great. Amen. Yes, our goal for the year ahead at the Grace Place, both corporately and personally, is to inspire. Let me give you some synonyms of this word. To inspire means to encourage. Uh, It means to enthuse. It means to motivate. Uh, The book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verses 2 and 3 says, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who receives it. For the vision is for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. And though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. I believe that God wants us to be in the inspirational business. And so I'm going to challenge every single one of us today. I'm going to challenge all of us to inspire somebody this year. Let me again begin this morning by talking about the people we hope to inspire. Who do we hope to inspire? Romans chapter 14 and verse 19 says, let let us make every effort. Say every effort. Let us make every effort to do. Do what? To do what leads to peace and to edification. Or I could substitute the word inspiration here. So, So Paul is writing in Romans, he says, do what leads to peace and to the edification or the inspiration of others. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11 says to encourage one another and build each other up. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we spent our time building each other up instead of tearing each other down? Paul says encourage one another. Remember the word encourage is a synonym of the word inspire. So God's word instructs us to encourage or to inspire one another. Let me suggest some people I want us to inspire this year at the Grace Place. First of all, I want us to inspire our ladies. I want our ladies to be inspired. Where would the church be without our ladies? Now, it's not true in every church, but I'm telling you that our ladies play a major role in our church. We're all about the ladies at the Grace Place. We love the ladies of the Grace Place. We love ministry for the ladies at the Grace Place. We believe the Bible teaches us that there is room for ministry for the ladies. And so we we promote that Grace Place. 
And we don't want our ladies burning out on us. And so we're going to have special events that are designed especially for our ladies. Now, our women's director, Amanda Gonzalez, is working extremely hard on making the year 2020 the best ever for our ladies at the Grace Place. And I will say that she is standing on the shoulders of a phenomenal leader. So I know the best is yet ahead. Not only do we want to inspire our ladies, but also we want to inspire our men. Now, men are a whole lot harder to inspire than women. Now, I can say that because I are one. Actually, men are not all that hard to inspire, but their inspiration evaporates much quicker than the ladies does. That being said, I hope to see an increase in the enthusiasm level flowing through the testosterone part of this church in the coming year. But not only, do I want to hope, not only do I hope to inspire the ladies and the men of this church, I also hope to inspire couples. You know, it's easy for couples to settle into average, maybe even, even a boring routine in their marriage. Uh, you know, kids, jobs, bills... Uh, The everyday demands of living life have a way of draining the excitement and the enthusiasm and the joy that couples tend to start out with. So our 2020 vision includes inspiring couples, inspiring couples to, to renew the excitement and renew the enthusiasm that they once had for one another and for their lives together. We also hope to inspire our kids and youth. Here's what I know, and that is kids and youth will not be inspired unless those who work with them are inspired. Let me just say this. If you have a heart for kids, if you have a heart for youth, I challenge you to talk to Pastor Pam, talk to Pastor Chris or Lindy, uh, and see what the requirements are to get involved. See Tony Ayala or Trina Anderson if you have a heart for, for, for the Royal Rangers or the girls' ministry. All of these ministries, as well as those who lead them, they will provide several opportunities for our kids and our youth to be inspired in the coming year. So I want to put this challenge out this morning. I challenge every leader in every department in this church to plan your ministry and plan your events around our 2020 vision. May this year truly be a year of inspiration. My question for you today is who will you inspire in the year 2020. Last but certainly not least, I hope to inspire the church. Hope to inspire the church. Now, because I am such a practical person, my wife calls me Mr. Practical. And because I am such a practical person, my ministry tends to offer a lot of information. I have developed from a preacher to a treacher. You'll have some preacher style, but I do a lot of teaching in my ministry and a lot of practical uh, teaching and a lot of practical ministry and uh, give out a lot of information. And and let me say this, there still will be plenty of of that uh, given out this year, but I also feel impressed to provide much inspiration in my ministry in the coming year.
I wonder if there's anybody in this house this morning that can get excited with me about our 2020 vision. All right, we've talked about the people that we hope to inspire. Let's talk a little bit about the process that we're going to endeavor to use. The longer that I'm in ministry, and I hate to tell you how long it's been because you'll think I'm old and I'm not. I just started out as a baby. The longer that I'm in ministry, and that's about 48 years, the longer I'm in ministry, the more I want to do church the Bible way and not just the popular way. A couple years ago, I became convinced through Scripture, through the Spirit, and through a saint that that we should be doing communion every single Sunday. The Lord had already talked to me. The Lord had already spoken to me. And then he verified it through someone else. And he verified it through Scripture. And we've done that ever since. Well, this past summer on my summer break, I don't just play golf on my summer break. I play a lot of golf and I'm going to do it and I love it. But on my summer break, I spend a lot of time reading the Word, still spend a lot of time in prayer, still read, still study, still talk to the Lord, spend time in His presence. And this past summer, on my summer break, I was reading my Bible on my daily Bible reading, and I became convinced that we should begin to practice the public reading of Scripture. public reading of Scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 13, Paul writing to young Timothy, Paul, Timothy's mentor. Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 and 13, and he says, hey, Tim, he says, until I come, he said, devote yourself to the public. Say public. Tim, he said, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture to preaching, and to teaching. So part of the process of inspiring the church will be the public reading of Scripture. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says, The Word of God is alive, and it's active, and it's sharper than any double-edged sword. And it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. And it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. I feel impressed. I feel led of the Holy Spirit to include the public reading of Scripture in our services this coming year. The Word simply read without commentary, without explanation. How many know that the Word alone is powerful? The word alone is powerful. The word alone is instructional. The word alone is inspiring. Just recently, as I was reading through the book of the Revelation, chapter 1 and verse number 3 jumped out at me. And Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 3 says this, says, God blesses. Say, God blesses. How many want to know, you know, when God's blessing something, I want to be, I want in on it. You know, too, too often we say, God bless what I'm doing, but really we need to find out what God's blessing and do that. There's a big difference in saying God bless what I'm doing and doing what God blesses. And the Bible says in Revelation 1 and 3, God blesses. Who does God bless? Well, it tells us who God blesses. It says God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy. What prophecy? 
This prophecy, what prophecy? The prophecy of the book of the Revelation. God blesses. Who does he bless? He blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church. To who? To the church. And he blesses. I'm in on it. Let me find out who it is because I want in on that blessing. And he blesses all who listens to its message and obeys what it says. See, I want my people blessed. I want my people blessed. And I believe the way to get my people blessed is to find out what God blesses and get my people involved in what God's blesses. Because if I can get my people involved in what God is already blessing, then we will have the blessing of God upon our life. And I want God's blessing upon the grace place. Man, I, when I go out of here one of these days, man, I don't want this thing barely hanging on. Man, I want this thing soaring. I want the blessings of God to be, you know, be running deep in this house. How's that going to happen? By doing the popular way and the popular thing, what everybody else says to do? Or is it, is it to find out what it is that God blesses, what it is God wants the church to really be all about and start being the church that God has designed us to be. That's where I'm leading you this morning. The part of the process to inspire the church this coming year will be to include the public reading of Scripture. And we're going to be doubly blessed because not only are we going to have public reading of the Scripture in our services, but we are going to be reading through the book of the Revelation. And that will give us a double blessing. We will re- just read a few verses each Sunday, but by the end of the year, we will have publicly read the entire book of the Revelation. And I believe that we're going to be inspired by it and we're going to be blessed because of it. Now we're going to read it without commentary. I'm not going to get up here and preach one sermon before I preach the next sermon. I'm going to read it without commentary. And there's some weighty and some heavy and some tough stuff in the book of the Revelation. But hopefully, as we read it without commentary, hopefully it will inspire you to dig into this book and to see how that it applies to you personally. Well, how are we going to endeavor to inspire the church in 2020? Well, also through spirit-anointed sermons. 2 Timothy 4 and 2 says to preach the word. Preach what? The word. And he says, correct. Every sermon's not supposed to be ooey-gooey. I've had people say, preacher's picking on me. Well, first of all, you're not that special. 450 to 500 people are going to show up today. And I'm not picking one person out of the crowd and preaching. Because if I did, first of all, you wouldn't even show up that day. No, but the word of preacher, word, correct. Rebuke. And encourage. I like that one, don't you? And encourage, which is a synonym of the word inspire. And do it with great patience and careful instruction. The longer I'm in ministry, the more careful I am in handling and presenting God's word. You'd think that after nearly 48 years of full-time preaching, that, you know, I just have it down by now, you know. Just have it down by now have my repertoire and, you know, just wouldn't have to study. Just, you know, just get up and wing it because, you know, I've been doing it for a long, long time. And I'll just be honest with you, I could. It'd be very easy to do. 
But I've never worked harder at ministry than I work hard now. I've never worked harder at studying and preparation and getting ready. The, the, the longer I'm in ministry, the more careful I am in handling and presenting God's Word. I can't tell you the weight of responsibility that I carry to make sure that I am presenting to you the true Word of God. In fact, every once in a while, not very often, because there are not too many things that overwhelm me, but every once in a while I get a little overwhelmed when I think about the responsibility. Responsibility that I have, because I know there's people sitting out there, they don't read their Bibles. You know, they barely drag into church. They're depending on me to have a word, and they're depending on what I'm preaching them, because they're not going to check it out, because, man, you know, they ain't read their Bible in a month of Sundays, and they're depending on the man of God to lead them in the right direction. And listen, you ought to be reading the Word of God for yourself every single day, and you ought to be studying and all of that, but I also know that you have a life, and I do know how that a lot of the majority of church people are, and so I cannot tell you the weight of responsibility that I carry to make sure that I am presenting to you the true Word of God. And I also understand that with all the podcasts today and radio and television and the Internet and all of the great preachers and teaching and all this stuff that's out there, that man, listen, you're hearing just... Just about everything, everything. And just because the man has a big ministry doesn't mean he's preaching the truth. And so I take my responsibility very, very seriously. And I pray daily for God to help me be doctrinally correct and sound and balanced. Because I could go off on here, this tangent here, or that tangent there, or some other tangent that the latest and greatest, you know, uh, hoopla guy has, you know, got the book and got the thing going on. But listen, listen, listen. I refuse to jump on the latest popular bandwagon that only lasts until the next one comes along. And I refuse to preach or to teach something just because it's popular, but instead to get my sermons on my knees. See, in the book of the Revelation, there's seven different letters addressed to seven different churches. Notice it was not one size fits all. Rather, each individual church received an individual letter addressed specifically to that particular church. I believe that God has a specific message for the grace place. And I believe that he has given us a specific assignment. I believe that he has given us a specific vision. I believe he has a specific call upon this church. And the people that are here are here to receive the specific word that God has for this particular and this specific season. And I understand that it is a season. And I know that my season will not go on forever. The time will come when my season of ministry is over. And God will bring somebody else. And God will bring a new season. And with that new person and with that new ministry and with that new pastor may come a new purpose and may come a new vision and may come a new direction. I understand that, but this is the season that we are in today and it is my heart's desire that we fulfill the will of God in this season of ministry. And I pray that all of God's ministers will hear from God for their specific Ministries. Another part of our process that God has laid on my heart for this year is, is staff prayer offered in services. In James chapter 5, verse 13 through 15, 
James asks the question, he says, anyone among you suffering? Well, then let him pray. Anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Well, if they are, then let them call for the elders of the church. Call for who? That's the old guys, all right? No. <laughs> let them call for the elders or the leaders of the church. And let them, say them, and let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. And if he's committed sins, they will be Forgiven. So the Lord has impressed upon me for 2020 that throughout this year, we're going to find times to have myself and my staff available to lay hands on, anoint, and pray for our people. Now, please understand, I'm not saying we're the only ones who can pray for people. You know that I don't believe that. And we all are ministers. But I do know the word is specific about the el- calling for the elders to come and to pray. And we've been a little negligent in that over the years. And I've even been chastised for it a time or two. And I'll take that chastisement. That's okay. Uh, I'm not going to do everything right and everything you want me to do. And sometimes it is more of a season. But I believe that we're going to uh, uh, do more of that. Uh, not saying every Sunday, but as the Lord leads us throughout the year have times for the staff, me and my wife and our staff, uh, to lay hands on people and uh, minister to them in the service. Another part of our process this year is going to be through what I'm calling Super Sundays. Say Super Sunday. Now hopefully every Sunday will be super. But four times this year we're going to have special guests and a special Sunday night experience. We're going to target our ladies, we're going to target our men, our couples, and a very special Holy Spirit emphasis Sunday for the entire church. We're going to call these four weekends, we're going to call them Super Sunday, Super Sunday. And they will be inspirational in nature. All right, we've talked about the people we want to inspire. We've talked about the process that we will endeavor to use. Now let's finish up this morning by talking about the payoff that we hope to see. What is the payoff that we hope to see? And first of all is heightened excitement. Heightened excitement. Proverbs 15 and 15 says, For the despondent every day brings trouble. But for the happy heart, life is a continual feast. Here's what I know. That is inspired people or excited people. Yeah, instead of waking up and saying, Good Lord, it's morning. They wake up saying, good morning, Lord. I will allow you to have your second cup of coffee before you do that. Inspired people experience heightened excitement. They see the glass half full rather than half empty. Uh, They focus on why they can, not on why they can't. They see what's right in the church and what's right in their marriage and what's right in the world instead of all that is wrong. What is the payoff that we hope to see? Heightened excitement, attitude adjustments, renewed enthusiasm. Second payoff that we hope to see through this infusion of inspiration is deeper experiences. Deeper experiences. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 and 10, he said, this is what the scripture means. 
when they say no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Most people only read verse number nine. And most people only say, well, you know what the Bible says that no eye has seen and no ears heard and no man is never even, can't even enter into the heart of man what God has prepared for them that love him. That is what it says in verse number nine. But you forgot, you need to read verse number 10. Verse number 10 starts with the word, but say, but, but it was to us to who? to us, but it was to us that God revealed these things. Yeah, no eye could see, no ear could hear, no heart could conceive the things that God had prepared for them that love him, but now to us, God revealed these things by his spirit. Say by his spirit, by his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us. Say he shows us. Oh, and shows us. Oh, no eye could see, no ear could hear, no heart could contain the blessing of God, the things that God could do. That was true in the past, but it's not true in the present because the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit searches out and shows us God's deep secrets. I'm going to pray this year that you're going to see what you've never seen before. You're going to hear what you've never heard before. You're going to experience what you have never experienced before. You are going to have a deeper experience in the Lord. Inspired people enjoy deeper experiences. They read the word more. Uh, They pray more. Uh, They come to church more. And because of this, their hunger and their thirst for God increases. So they pursue God with a greater passion. And here's what I know this morning, and that is those who pursue God experience God. Notice the third payoff that we hope to see, and that is wider expansion. Wider expansion. Philippians 4, 9, Paul says, he says, what you have learned, he said, put it into practice. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that be? You know, I've got job security because I know I'm dealing with mess always and it'll always be. Come on. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we just, you know, you could put the preacher out of business. You could put the church out of business if you just do what is, you know, what has been preached, what has been taught, what has been ministered. Hello, testing one, two. Paul says what you have learned, put it into practice. It's not just for you to be here and judge the preacher how he did. It's for you to hear the word of the Lord and then whatever you hear from the word of the Lord and the challenge that you receive from the word of the Lord, not just to hear it, but then to put it into practice. James said it like this in James 1 and 22. He said, be doers of the word and not merely hearers. So inspired people have a wider Expansion. They, they, they move from spectator to participator. They get off of the bench and get into the game. And so my prayer for us this year is that we will have 2020 vision, that we will see clearly what God wants from us this year. And what is it that God wants from us this year? I believe that God wants us to be inspired. And then once we become inspired, then I believe that God wants us to become a source of inspiration to others. My question to you this morning is, who will you inspire this year? Who will you inspire? Somebody said it like this. Here's our takeaway. Somebody said, aspire to inspire before you expire. 
That's what somebody said. This is what I say. I say the true value of our legacy will be determined by our influence, not by our affluence. Who are you inspiring through your influence? And I'm going to tell you that you are inspiring people, whether positive or negative. You are a source of inspiration. Make sure what you're inspiring lines up with this book. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you that I believe with all my heart that you have spoken, you have given direction, and I'm excited about this year and what it will bring about. I pray that you will lead us step by step and day by day and show us how that we can please you and how that we can fulfill this God-called vision and direction for this coming year.